Hello and welcome to Plastics News Radio. This episode is one of a series we recorded on location from the negotiations for a global plastics treaty in Paris. I'm Steve Tolikin, your host and a journalist at Plastics News. We went to the talks because this treaty could have a big impact on how we manufacture plastics, how we use it, and how we deal with its pollution. Over the next 18 months, diplomats from more than 150 countries will try to reach an agreement. In Paris, I talked with both industry and environmental groups about what they want. In this episode, we hear from Matt Seaholm, the president and CEO of the Plastics Industry Association in Washington. Matt says the industry wants the treaty to be ambitious, reasonable, and ultimately to be something the U.S. government can sign on to. Okay, we're here with Matt Seaholm, the president and CEO of the Plastics Industry Association. Uh, Matt has been the head of plastics uh, since April of 2022, and before that was uh, the VP of Government Affairs and uh, ran operations for the uh, Plastic Bag, the Plastic Bag Alliance within the association. Um, the group, which also goes by the name Plastics, represents companies in all segments of the industry, from material suppliers, equipment makers, processors, and recyclers. Um, we're obviously here at the Paris uh, Plastics Treaty negotiations. We're here on day two of five. Um, we're sitting here with uh, you know diplomats from 170 countries, uh, 1,500 observers from industry, from environmental groups, civil society, all here. Um, so Matt, first off, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity, Steve. Um, can you start uh, a little bit by introducing in brief uh, what plastics is, and can you talk a little bit about what kind of priorities the group has for uh, the plastics treaty? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, Plastics Industry Association, uh, you kind of mentioned this, it uh, represents the entire supply chain of the plastics industry. So we have, we have resin producers, we have equipment manufacturers, we have processors or converters, and we have recyclers. And we see our job as bringing them together uh, to advocate on behalf of the industry, uh, but also to gain consensus. And when we're thinking about an international global plastics treaty or some type of binding agreement, you know, we see our, our responsibility is, is bringing together the industry to have a, a cohesive, uh, coherent message. So that's, uh, that's our responsibility. I, as far as, as these negotiations, um, as this is day two of five, it's also meeting two of five, uh, and over the course of the next couple of years, there will be a lot of discussions. You know, we see um, really the goal coming out of this is a zero draft or a, uh, an initial draft that uh, can be reacted to that recognizes a few um, very important things. First, mm -hmm. uh, the fundamental value of plastic. Plastic is essential to society, and I, I truly believe that if we are thinking about it as we need plastic, we just have too much of it in the environment, I think a lot of uh, uh, common ground can be found because this is about reducing plastic pollution in our environment. That's what it should be about and also recognize plastic does so much for society and I think we can look at both of those things together and ultimately come up with an agreement uh, that is, uh, is doable um, but is also ambitious. And uh, you know, we look at it in a couple of different ways. We want we want a t uh, ambitious goals to be set. Uh, we want direction to be provided 
to the to the industry, to consumers, and everybody in between. Uh, and if if that is done on a global level, and then uh, action plans are you know, the responsibility of states, I think you've got a recipe for success. Um, I, I think there are a number of other conversations that are happening, and the devil's always in the details. But that's really where we're starting from, from a prioritization. Okay. Um, thank you very much. I, I feel like you've covered a number of, I know you guys introduced a, a five-point plan uh, ahead of the treaty talks, and I feel like you've covered some of those points. Um, there's a couple I'd like to zero in on. Um, you have, you, the association said uh, that you want the treaty to set ambitious yet reasonable goals for a final agreement, and it should be one that the U.S. can sign. Um, what sort of provisions most concern you, uh, or what do you feel might be in the treaty that you feel should cause the U.S. to reject an agreement? Yeah, some of it is uh, what's in it, but some is what's not in it as well. And I think that's what we're, we're really hoping to, to get is, as, we're, as we think about the ambitious goals, it should be about circularity. It should be how do we make sure that the plastic and the plastic products that are produced stay out of the environment and stay in a circular economy. That's our primary purpose of, of what we're advocating. Um, the largest concern, and we've kind of heard a, of a fairly uh, loud drumbeat here at these meetings about capping production, about turning off the tap is kind of the, the new mantra that we hear um, really too many times. It's, it's a, a quite disconcerting that the, the tap that you're trying to turn off should be about pollution going into the environment and not about the production of the material at, at the beginning of life. And that's where I think we've gotten a little far afield. Uh, and I, I'm very hopeful that uh, with some of these discussions, we get back towards the middle and you know, focused on, on these goals of circularity, recycling, um, design for recyclability, uh, and collection, sortation, and uh, from everywhere, from the most developed nations in the world to those that are the least developed at this point. Um, and th that's why there are so many stakeholders involved, because this is a, this is a big undertaking. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, as you said, um, there's a lot of discussions about a lot of topics here. This is a wide-ranging uh, <laughs> meeting. Uh, and there are definitely uh, groups here and coalitions that want to see the treaty go well beyond kind of the definition you're presenting. Uh, which the definition you're presenting is sort of let's keep it focused on plastics in the environment. Let's keep it focused on plastic pollution. Um, there are, are obviously groups here talking about, um, you know, looking at chemical toxicity issues, um, looking at the production cap issues you just met, looking at you just mentioned, looking at issues around um, list, lists of problematic or unnecessary plastics. Um, on the production cap issue, um, you have seen some prominent uh, groups like the Business Coalition for a Global Plastics Treaty, which is a lot of the brand owners using a lot of plastic, endorse the idea of a production cap. Um, and you've seen the High Ambition Coalition of Countries endorse that. Um, do you think something like that will ultimately come out of this treaty? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's typically very nuanced language. And there are those that want to stop production, and there are those that want to see reduction in the amount of virgin plastic produced. And part of that comes back to circularity, because the more recycled material we, we are using, the less virgin that you need. And that's the whole idea of circularity. You want to keep more of that material in the economy so you don't have to produce as much 
uh, to, to begin with. So there are those, even in the high ambition coalition, and there are a lot of meetings going, uh, going on around here, and certainly the business coalition for a global plastics treaty as well, that are advocating for an overall reduction that is beneficial. We, we always say reuse is the first thing that we should be trying to do. If you can't reuse it, the next step is recycling it. So there are, there are great steps that can be taken you know, that achieve that reduction as, as a goal, but it's not simply an arbitrary number uh, that is determined this is how much of the material needs to be produced because that's not market driven, that's not supply and demand, and that's certainly not a sustainable approach because typically the alternatives are not better for the environment. Um, it's, how do you see this treaty impacting the plastics industry in the long term? Well, it's, it depends on uh, what the uh, end agreement looks like. Uh, I think there are going to be a lot of conversations between now and then. You know, our point two in, in the document that we put out of what we were hoping to achieve out of these meetings is a, a pathway to a, uh, a, uh, an agreement that the United States can sign on to. If there are global targets, if there are you know, a number of, of pathways established through this process that everybody can agree to, I, I think now we know what we're, what we're working towards. But it is important for us that the U.S. is able to sign on to the end agreement. Um, I think we, as a country, we need to be part of this process. I think if, if it gets to a place where the U.S. feels like they can't agree to it, uh, I'm not sure that it works. And it's not just the U.S. too. I think what you heard on day one and what you're hearing on day two here is there are a number of other countries that have significant concerns about where this is going and a question of consensus. I think this process is meant to be consensus driven and ultimately that's why we think an agreement is, is going to get put into place. I think it's helpful. I think it, it actually pushes the industry uh, to achieve these ambitious targets. Uh, and that's why the industry is part of this discussion and we look forward to being here throughout it. Uh, obviously the State Department uh, is leading the U.S. delegation here and they've had a number of meetings with the industry side, a number of meetings with the uh, NGOs and the civil side. Um, do you feel like the U.S. State Department is in agreement with your positions or do you feel like they're get, you're getting a fair hearing? or? Uh, no, I don't think they're necessarily in agreement with our positions, but they are absolutely listening, and we appreciate that. Um, we appreciate the, the dialogue that is happening. Uh, they have stakeholders they represent, uh, you know, and it's not the industry. That is not who they represent. However, they also understand that the industry is interested in partnering uh, with any of anybody who is solutions-oriented uh, to achieve these ambitious goals. Uh, you know, one thing that I've heard them say is, is we aren't conceding ambition to those who have claimed the, uh, the, the term high ambition. Uh, they've established a goal of no plastic pollution uh, by 2040. And that is something as an industry we can get behind. Let's figure out the best ways to get there. But that's where alignment is, is starting to, to be uh, achieved, is, is ultimately coming up with long-term goals that we agree with, and that's where plastic pollution is. We want, we want to see plastic pollution end uh, at, at some point. We don't want to see any of our products or materials in the environment. So 
Yeah, I think the, the State Department is doing a very good job. I think uh, there are a number of other agencies here as well. EPA, CEQ, USDA, USAID, every uh, alphabet soup that you can think of. Um, and it's, it's great because that means they're taking it seriously and they see the important role that the U.S. has to play here. Um, there were some uh, pre-event meetings, uh, actually there were quite a few. Um, one of them <laughs> was a, uh, a meeting a few, uh, on Friday. The business coalition that we've been talking about and the high ambition coalition um, kind of outlined some of their agendas. And one point that came up at that meeting from some of the brand owners, I think Unilever mentioned this, was the idea that uh, right now recycling markets are not well balanced. And uh, they were saying that's why they're advocating for, you know, caps or less production of, they called it unchecked virgin resin production. So are recycling markets unbalanced? Um, would balancing them help uh, solve some of the circularity issues? Uh, I, I don't know about balance. I would say that uh, we don't recycle enough. Uh, it, it, the, the markets that we need to be stronger is you need more supply of feedstock for recycling. You need the recyclable material to get to the reprocessing. That's an important part of this puzzle. You know, if you talk to any recycler, they will typically tell you that their biggest impediment to success or certainly expansion is they can't get enough material. So the investment in the infrastructure is important. And some of that investment, if it's not coming from a public uh, perspective, it needs to come from private uh, financing. Well, that's difficult to do if you're looking at spot prices as the primary mechanism for knowing whether or not you have uh, the, the economics to be successful as a recycler. We support recycled content requirements that are attainable, but also ambitious because we know that that guarantees an end market for that recyclable material. So I think there are a number of things that can be done to really improve the markets for recyclable material, but there's no doubt that investment needs to go into the infrastructure side of it because collection rates, especially for some of the hard to recycle items, flexibles in particular, are just not where we want them to be. Okay. Yeah, I feel like uh, highlighting the supply shortcomings and challenges is an area where you do hear a lot of agreement about. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I wanna ask you sort of a two-part question. One. Um, are there some areas within the discussion where you feel like uh, there is broad agreement among the countries and the different stakeholders? And related question to that, um, you know, there is the area of advanced recycling or chemical recycling, is however some call it, uh, chemical recycling. Um, that is obviously uh, an area of some disagreement in the talks, and we've mm -hmm. seen that referenced. So, um, you know, expectations you have for the treaty regarding advanced recycling and uh, areas of common agreement that you see out there? Well, it depends on who you listen to on the agreement. I think, uh, you know, there are certainly those organizations who I don't know if we'll ever see eye to eye with, and that is what it is. Everybody should have an opportunity to uh, voice their opinion. But as we talk to countries and the delegations, there really is a, a, a strong focus on plastic pollution in the environment. And from a end-of-life leakage of plastic into oceans, waterways, the environment in general, that is a, a, an area of broad agreement. That's that We also want to see that go away. 
that's where I think, so long as that's the focus of these discussions, I think there's, there's really, really strong hope for a, an agreement to be found. So I think that's where the broad agreement is, not necessarily with 100% of attendees at INC2. But I, I think so long as that's the focal point, I, I think we're gonna get there. Uh, on advanced recycling, yeah, we've certainly heard now the uh, kind of the uh, detractors saying that that's not a solution. However, if you look at some of the advancements and especially the incredible amount of investment that has been going in just in the last few years, it has to be part of the solution. I mentioned the uh, hard to recycle items. Advanced recycling does present the best option for those types of materials. And at this point, it should be part of the equation. There's a lot of advancement that still needs to happen when you're talking about molecular chemical uh, processes. But I'm really excited about some of the uh, emerging technologies that are coming online even in the next couple of years. But at this point, I mean, industry in total has, has invested $16 billion or at least announced in the next couple of years that there will be a total of $16 billion of investment in recycling technologies. That's, that's nothing to sneeze at. So we're proud of where we're going. Do we need to get there faster? We'd love to, uh, but at least as a starting point. And at the end of the day, we can't achieve these circularity goals without advanced recycling. Okay, well that seems like a good place to end the conversation on. Matt, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks Steve, I appreciate it. This has been a Plastics News production. For more on the Global Plastics Treaty and other stories on plastics public policy matters, visit us at plasticsnews.com. And thanks for listening.